Welcome, I am Aaron Teachman, your host, and this is Exit the Stage Door. A little late, and uh, that's okay because it's such an awesome privilege to bring you this amazing episode. I uh, went back to Center Stage to uh, have another conversation with Catherine Rodriguez because I finally caught up with one of her favorite movies, and uh, now kind of one of mine, uh, Troll 2. And uh, and because her uh, her uh, time as a literary fellow with Center Stages is coming up, and we wanted to just circle back to a couple of things we didn't manage to put a bow on in our last episode, which was so long ago. And in the process, we picked up uh, director of dramaturgy and associate artistic director Gavin Witt, and the conversation uh, was. <laughs> Man, it was superb, and I'm so glad that there were recording devices and that you can share it with me because I had a blast talking about art and dramaturgy and theater and 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 all of those great things uh, that you're here to listen about. <laughs> I'm out of practice about this. I've been away for a couple weeks doing a thing, which is not for now. It's for a different time, probably a different podcast as well. But look, what you have... Today is Gavin Rodriguez and Gavin Witt, and there's so many things that they are up to with Center Stage and around Center Stage, and also with the uh, Dramaturgy Open Office Hours. That's Catherine, um, her franchise uh, of the uh, Open Dramaturgy Project, which you can follow on Twitter for the hashtag Open Dramaturgy, and there are a bunch of dates which you should check out in the show notes. Um, coming up, at the next couple dates are at Redline, which is a cool little bar in the pen quarter um again find all that information and all of those dates at the show notes uh we do have a there's a play lab at center stage on june 29th at 7 p.m that's a monday night and it's a play reading of carrie perloff's latest play which is going to be fantastic there's going to be a toast bar that will all make sense when you listen to the episode uh i'm so excited that we have so many things that we can tell you in this intro about other ways you can follow up with the great stuff that both of these fantastic people are doing um but i'm gonna let them speak for themselves and uh so i can so uh because they do it better than i do and <laughs> oh guys it's so good to be back this episode is so great i am so happy to be able to bring it to you Catherine rodriguez and gavin witt i will use them for for like actual real life what is that nothing <laughs> one of the things i absolutely love about doing the podcast and the things that i've learned we have started actually oh now, shoot so um <laughs> is uh i love the energy of a three-person podcast it's really great um <laughs> Uh, means I don't have to do as much heavy lifting. Uh, <laughs> also, I say uh, a lot, and I realize that when I listen to myself, which is a bummer. But it's now, uh, okay. <laughs> and I love that we have an impromptu. I was this is originally for Catherine and I to sort of come back around on a few topics we didn't have the last time because it was <laughs> yeah, cut man. short because of Troll Two. <laughs> because of Troll Two, I've seen it since then. But we've also picked up a Gavin. Hi, I'm, I'm a Gavin, a Gavin, the Gavin, the Gavin. That's a well, no, anyway. Gavin. Yeah, a rare Gavin. <laughs> There's never a Gavin. All right, yeah. So, this is cool. Um, <laughs> Thanks for letting me. <laughs> oh no, it's totally awesome. She talked to you. She talked to you up quite a lot the last time around okay, when we talked well, now about. We'll see how. Well, we talked a lot about up. like uh, where the art starts and mm -hmm. uh, and how center stage is one of the. I've never seen anything like. Uh, the totality of the transformation that occurs in the lobby um, mm. as you begin your mm. your art experience at uh, center stage, you're brought into the world right away, um, which I think is tremendous and absolutely fascinating. And uh, something that I really love, I mean, I do it through reading because I like to read the 
I I like what dramaturgs write. <laughs> I like to. We like you, Aaron. I like the research that you guys bring to it, so it brings right. me context and perspective, but it's obviously very different when there's a person in that um, corset, and you are learning a little bit more about that. <laughs> well, you know, As the you other did th- with Amadeus. Yeah. Right, but I think the other thing, obviously it extends the performance mm-hmm. out to another layer first or the world of the play or whatever. But I think it also activates the audience as participants more in a way that so much keeps telling us people are looking for as a more immersive experience or participatory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's hard to do in a play that sits up on top of a proscenium and is follows what a script and whatever. But mm-hmm. it, I think it puts you in that frame of mind too. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, right. I totally It's been agree. great to yeah. see people tackle. So not just providing them information or yeah, environmental exactly. experience, but <clears throat> like the Foley table from It's oh, a Wonderful right. Life. Yeah. Super cool, yeah. It's so great. Yeah. People just jump in and be hands-on and yeah. make that. Yeah. yeah. Everything from Foley table to the media wall, I would say, too. You oh, know, the media intera- wall is so cool, yeah, like, because it's a, it's a camera that you can interact with, right, on, over in that one corner. It includes that, yeah. yeah. There's, yeah, yeah. there's, you know, I guess sort of tele teleconferencing capacity. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. a camera in it. And we could talk lobby to lobby, or you know, whatever. And that was a lot of the original inspiration for Kwame was how cool if people coming to a play at the McCarter could talk to people coming to a play at center stage. And what are you going to see? Oh, I'll meet you at intermission. And let's talk about <laughs> whether there's a play in common, like we tried to do with any of the people, oh. or just different plays, whatever. I think we've less used it for that way, although we have done some teleconferencing. But it's also a, like a giant iPad, kind of. It's like mm-hmm. an interactive touchscreen media where you can have all kinds of, of multimedia, transmedia stuff. So that's awesome, although may, maybe encouragingly in some weird way or because of the nature of people who come to theater, the live and tactile interactivity has been much more intuitive mm-hmm. than the digital interactivity mm-hmm. until you get to high school kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then they make it. Most people sit and look at it, and stare at it like it's a sort of colorful billboard. Right. It's just fascinating to watch these patrons sit three feet from it, staring right. at it <laughs> with their nose, and just there it is until someone comes along and mm-hmm. says, Oh, look, so you can do touching. this. Mm-hmm. And then they want you to do the moving things along. The high school kids just make a beeline for it. Huh. They know exactly, see it over there, they know exactly what to do with it. Yeah, right? absolutely. And the content on it has ranged from. Uh, you know, supplementary dramaturgical materials mm-hmm. to interactive quizzes, kind of buzz, BuzzFeed style, which character <laughs> are you uh, kind of thing, which we also put online. Um, nice. and it's, it's just been really interesting to see how people interact with it, you know, and, and how, how that splits, uh, 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 you know, from show to show, I think. Uh, and then also, uh, you know, across age ranges too um, so it's, it's been it's been pretty yeah cool. I think part of the fun both the conversation around the mm-hmm. lobby Ooh, interactivity as well as the media wall specifically has always included some consideration of what's the right vehicle or mm-hmm. style yeah. or tone for that show right. rather and not everything wants to be informational and right. not everything mm-hmm. wants to be goofy fun interactivity whatever in the but same so way that the lobby that. design you yeah. know when the yeah. when the design is uh, the show design is extended into the lobby which is what you were talking about uh, that's that's on a show by show basis too so mm-hmm. that it's not just repeating right you know what served Amadeus is going to serve you know it's a wonderful life is going to serve 
Marley, but it's about looking at each show individually and thinking, you know, how can we extend that experience to our audience? How can we make the art start in the lobby, but in a way that feels meaningful mm -hmm. and specific? Yeah, um, yeah. Not just kind of, you know, yeah. we're interested in doing this thing just for the sake of it. It's, it's obviously impossible to know in terms of actors' experience what a difference it might have made. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but I would love to know somehow if you could get a sense from audiences. Like, there's got to be a way that people who are coming from Tuesday at work mm -hmm. or Saturday out shopping with their family, whatever, and get here and used to spend the first X number of minutes of the show kind of going through that airlock, mental airlock, right, of, <laughs> of leaving yeah. my life behind and entering the play, now do that through the lot. And so what a yeah. difference that's made in yeah. their encounter with the play or how are we finding that audiences are more engaged, they're in the frame of mind? I yeah. would love to know. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. assume that's part of the thought. Super. Yeah. <laughs> did you uh, did you find that that was the case for you? I uh yes. I mean, I I haven't done it in the proper order <laughs> in the <laughs> sense that I haven't seen a show like after encountering oh. the lobby. Like I usually encounter the lobby as I'm leaving my overhire gig. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of backwards, but um, that's cool too. I would that's that sounds like how I would use it. Like mm -hmm. because it reminds me it, it, I don't want to it's going to sound maybe possibly stuffy just because I'm going to call it a museum, but like my approach to a museum is immersive. Like when I go to a museum, I don't want to like, oh, I have 2 hours to do it. I want to I want to experience what the museum wants me to mm. experience like if it's a bunch of coins mm. like that could be boring or whatever but what if you actually engage with the story that the curators are trying to tell you about the coins mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and what they mean and where they're from and all of that so like and that's that's right there as you get to it before you even get into the lobby and like settle down and like the pre-lobby the part where you need to settle down and like get in your seat or whatever like Immediately, I would be engaging with what what the content is there, and what's the intent behind it, and what does this say about the show, and mm -hmm. and how am I going to experience the show differently because of having done this? Well, I think even as you were saying that, I'm thinking that you know who, who's in that lobby and how mm -hmm. they how you relate to one another at right. patrons oh, is, yeah. is different, yeah. and you have different energy with one another, yeah. and that shapes how you come in the room. And, and I've and I've seen people too, you know, who are who did not come together kind of point things out to, <coughs> mm -hmm. you know, as they make discoveries, exactly. oh, did you check this out? Or you have to go over there. Uh, and, and I think one of the really cool things about the lobby and, and the way that it's designed right now uh, is that, you know, there, there are multiple points of entry. So if you're not the kind of person who wants to go up to an ensemble member and dance uh, to, to live, huh. you know, reggae music uh, <laughs> right. provided by a DJ, um, you have, you know, the, the little shantytown shack that you can go, you know, you can check out and open the drawers and check huh. out, you know, what's, what's in a Jamaican kitchen. Mm. Uh, or you can, you know, you can mosey on over to the merch table and, you know, check that stuff out or whatever. I mean, they're just... Or stand on the fringe with a yeah, rum punch and just soak and up the watch vibe. people. Yeah, yeah. You know, people watch. Uh, yeah, absolutely. There's there's ways to actively engage. There's there's ways to just watch. Um, and I think, you know, that's that's something that's been really important is is, is to, um, to acknowledge that not everybody is going to want the same experience. And so to provide multiple ways to engage with the lobby and the show um, beforehand. Yeah. yeah. I was uh, years ago at an anniversary exhibition of New Yorker cartoons that was touring around. I think it was, at, I ended up going, I think, at New York Public Library and maybe again at the Portrait Gallery mm, in DC because mm -hmm. it was Super so good. Cool. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. I think it was, maybe it was the 75th anniversary of the New Yorker, something like that. And among other wonderful aspects, 
I've never been at a museum show that was like this where people, first of all, were laughing, which of course, because it's, which is fun. Mm, I mean, you right. just don't it, <laughs> yeah. expect that yeah. in a curated institutional show at the public library. Mm. But then they were also doing exactly what Kat was describing, like going over and grabbing each other. The thing you do when you're, for those of us who read The New Yorker, like you, you want to share the cartoon. Right. Yeah. So they were going over to strangers and say, oh, wait, you got to come over and see this one. That has always stuck with me. And this is the first time I've seen... Mm some kind of mm-hmm. theatrical experiences that recapture that. The the other version of that, that that we've had going for a while that I think loops into this whole sort of audience experience or start the experience sooner is um, we do a set of developmental readings mm-hmm. called the Play Lab that grew out of something called First Look, First Look Special Edition. And uh, some years ago, we started proceeding it with the Toast Bar. Uh, that's now it's like hugely popular. It's actually one of the co-founders with me is now taking it out to Berkeley Rep, so it, oh, it has okay. further life out there. Um, they they have act toasters that make like Hello Kitty toast or something too, which is a little fancier than, fancy. than we get. But, um, but the idea is basically we put out a couple toasters and we have some variety of breads and spreads, and people curate their own toast experience out there. So mm-hmm. I've always felt that it actually gets people in the creative act a little bit more. But also, yeah, they yeah. go up to each other in that same way and say, oh, mm-hmm. have you tried the cinnamon raisin with Nutella? That's Oh, I like the hummus on the hog or whatever. And so, again, it sort of breaks down those barriers. And then you relearn your role mm-hmm. as a participant mm-hmm. at the event, mm-hmm. I think. And it's just, it's fascinating all these ways that's happening. Totes. Totes. <laughs> Toast. <laughs> yeah. It's very popular. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, that's, uh, that's one of the things that you... Would, when when the subject comes up about like what's wrong with theater and how and, and all of that stuff, I was like, well, nothing's wrong with theater. We just have this like, mm. we try to impose uh, an idea of how you're supposed to experience it, like from the get go. And a lot of a lot of theaters don't do it consciously. They're just right. doing it because that's how it's always been done. Mm. Like this is the lobby, and then you have refreshments at intermission, and then. Like for a long time, it was this, there was such resistance to having beverages inside oh the theater. They're oh like, "Oh, Lord. it's just not done." They're like, <clears throat> yeah, but you know, really? Because I'm, I'm having a little PTSD over here yeah. of art. Go ahead. Yeah, just uh-huh. like put a lid on it. It's totally yeah. fine. It was it was well over a season's worth of Hazarai here. I mean, just <gasps> battles people adamant it's not possible you can't I mean outrage and now everyone loves it of course and the people who love it the most are the people who are the most you know the older patrons Mm -hmm. but it's just it is so simple yeah but yeah we're such a conservative and antiquated Mm -hmm. medium ultimately yeah it's and that's part of the value but Mm -hmm. we forget we think of ourselves as so progressive in the theater Mm -hmm. and what we do is I mean you work on electrics Mm -hmm. yeah but you know it's still antiquated over there so well, I love it when, um, you know, I, I volunteer with Josh Thomas through the education department at Weinberg, um, which is a, a housing resource center um, serving some of the neighborhood's uh, homeless population. Uh, and when we try to get it, get them in to see every show. Um, and I love watching them watch um, because they're so alive in it and, mm. you know, uh, not afraid to. And I think Marley's really interesting, too, because I see, um, you know, people who probably aren't, uh, regular theater goers yeah, yeah. Uh, they're so responsive and not in a way that's you know disrespectful mm-hmm. or like whatever but they're, they're just so engaged and I find it really refreshing and, and fascinating to see how people respond and when they respond because it's always different mm-hmm. um, so I love watching the Weinberg people because uh, you know the, the, again a lot of them haven't seen plays and, yeah. 
person and we got a, uh, we get a lot of people who each time it's their first time it's not it's usually not always this, it's not the, the same crowd mm, right. uh, you know it's not the usual suspects kind of thing um, so seeing them seeing people watch plays for the first time or you know or a particular play for the first time can be really fascinating and I find it really refreshing and, and kind of re-energizing to to watch people um, see live theater uh, and I think you know with, with what you guys were saying about the kind of conservative conservatism and the expectation uh, it's it's just it's it's cool to see people who don't have that yet yeah, um, yeah. Uh, experience it in the moment uh, and, and what the response is and you know well, yeah. even I mean, they they may in their own way. I mean, they may sure, they may true. expect linear narrative and centrally identifiable, sympathetic main characters. True, true. But mean, in terms, terms of their role as audience, uh, sure. it's, it's yeah. more open. I find. Yeah. Or, well, or they, or they bring expectations from another medium. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think that the the TV in your living room where right. you can talk to it, <laughs> and get up and get food, you know, whatever, yeah. and and maybe there are ways. You know that encourages us to think about how to embrace some of that, and then also, you know, sometimes it's just as useful hearing the well. Why don't you do it that way? If you can push back beyond what well, we never have, or because we've always right, yeah, done exactly. it the other way, yeah. sometimes there's a value. And when you question and think, you know, actually, I don't want to set up a bunch of couches and have giant popcorn mm-hmm. and whatever. Like maybe there's something you're embracing, but it is the more institutional we get, the more ponderously mm-hmm. we go behind mm-hmm. it. But I think we're also attracted to the rituals. Mm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's so, fair. right, I mean, everything, uh, there was that Mike Daisy solo piece about you know, how theater failed America or whatever, and he talked about even just the sort of the rituals of, oh, these actors are hired and they come in five weeks out from out of town and you sit around the table and do your first reading mm-hmm. and you talk about the script for three days mm-hmm. and then you get on your feet for two weeks. And mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we just follow these routines. The same process and for every single project, yeah, right? Why, regardless why is of that what it wants. always right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's something comforting and reassuring in having that routine as Established, and I think we like the ritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that, that's why it's really interesting to, to see how other theater cultures yeah. do theater. Yes. Like when I was in Mexico, it was like, mm. whoa, <laughs> yeah. it's so different. Yeah. Like you do the same play for years, oh, yeah. once a night, forever, <laughs> and then people, you know, always, and I remember talking to you, Gavin, about this a little bit when I was coming into Center Stage, is that every single theater that I saw at Mexico, whether it was the National Theater or, you know, a tiny little, you know, storefront kind of thing or just, you know, kind of like the local theater was attached to a restaurant bar. Mm-hmm. And people would just hang. Artists would just, you know, artists would be there. People who had seen the show, people who hadn't, you know, passers-by, tourists, whatever. Everybody would just kind of gather. And then inevitably, you know, the art would come up. Um, but it was, the theater was the place to go to see each other. Um, and it was just really cool. I don't know. So everything from, you know, the process itself to who's, you know, how does the playwright work? How does how does an ensemble function? You know, when is theater performed? <laughs> how long is a run? <laughs> yeah. What is the rehearsal mm-hmm. process like? What is rewriting? I mean, everything to yeah. even just the culture around theater, because theater was so much more of a present thing that was you know like what are you doing Saturday night oh you know I'm either gonna go dancing or see a show or why don't we do both I mean it was just such like on people's radars and in people's mouths it was really it was just yeah one of the things I loved in Chicago actually Mm. was that there there was the possibility Mm. of spontaneous theater and Mm. I suspect this is true in New York or places where that like I feel here and probably a lot of comparable size cities where there's a kind of flagship subscription based mm-hmm. theater or some other one. You just don't get that in the same way. I think a lot of it cats what you were talking about about right. the 
the fact of there being a restaurant. I remember there was this great oh, place, yeah. that, like the Mashed Potato Club, this awesome restaurant bar in front of a theater called Live Bait, which is actually where the neo-futurists and Too Much Light Makes a Baby Club oh, line started. Yeah. Um, and other th- but it was great because people would really, ju- they would come for the restaurant and the bar. And then uh, a little like Ben Cameron, when he was head of TCG, used to talk about museum shops this way, like the lobster trade. Like people would be out there and they'd look and say, where are those people going? Yeah, yeah, to the yeah. back. And they'd wander into the theater by accident, whatever. But there's just also enough of different kinds that you can sort of go out right. for the evening. Mm-hmm. It gets right. to be 7.30 and you say, oh my God, you know, hey, there's a show. Yeah. Let's, let's go. And I think the, in the same way that we started talking about, about the sort of the, the nature of your initial impression, I think that changes the framework in which you're there as opposed to totally. you started at home and you put on your clothes mm-hmm. and you got in the car and you went out for the eight o'clock. It's just a different frame of mind. Yeah, absolutely. Along yeah. those lines, and speaking of Chicago uh, and, and, and people, you know, coming uh, into it, it from different, you know, uh, walks, uh, when I was at Steppenwolf, one of my jobs um, was to, to cover storefront theater. And I remember going to see the show. I can't remember what the name of the company was. I'm sorry. Um, but I remember that it was uh, an adaptation of La Vida es un Sueño, Life is a Dream. And uh, it was like scene and then break and a band would play and then scene. And then it, so there were people that had come from for this band, this mm-hmm. local band to watch the band perform and there were people who had come for the the show and then there were people who had come <laughs> for the bar to just get drinks and it was yeah. like really super fascinating and you know and it wasn't like the seat thing it was like the the stages were across from each other oh, okay. so it was kind of like you know the split like picnic table style and you had it was like a tennis match kind of thing cool. and it was super awesome yeah it was just a, a really cool experience well, collaboration there used to do a, a short play festival and they would get commissions and submissions and they would put them on. And same thing, it was, there was a DJ when you got there and a bar and you know, you had your beer, you know, at the, inside the theater, you could have your drinks, <laughs> yeah. beer bottles and God forbid, whatever. But, so it was a party. And right. then they would do like five of the short plays and then the DJ would play and there'd be some more music and it was really exciting. I mean, it's just a different, not that everything has to be that right, way or whatever, right. but, but yeah, but I do, is, yeah, 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 that we're expanding yeah. that, that mode, I think. Yeah, exactly, yeah. One of my favorite things about when they made the shift at Shakespeare Theatre Company where I used to work um, to allowing people to have drinks in the room, you still had to have uh, a the top yeah. and, and the straw, yeah, including for the beer. Yeah. And there's just something delightfully like <laughs> surreal and hilariously dream logic about a grown man wearing a suit, <laughs> drinking a beer through a straw from yeah, a sippy cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's worth it for your like shot of don't make fun of drinking with straws, okay? You can't She said sipping through the straw. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm Nevertheless, it is incongruous to see my I have I have thought the same thing and felt the same thing <laughs> not that I'm usually in a suit but it is it is a little weird it's <laughs> funny. the um, view from the booth is always so interesting like the people watching is very different from behind yeah. glass and oh it's and delicious soundproofed it's very interesting well there's an I uh, that objective distance can be really helpful yeah. um, this is so apropos of absolutely nothing oh my gosh you're going to talk thing. about the but yeah I, I, I sort of accidentally stumbled on in the in the downstairs theater in the Pearlstone here um for like previews for taking notes, I found myself standing uh, behind the audience at this at the ledges, sort of in front of the mm-hmm. booth. There, yeah. you can picture uh-huh. that. And now, you know, like, I'd either set up my pad or put my iPad mm-hmm. to type. And I can the reflect. It's perfect. I can look into the reflection off the booth glass and see the stage over my shoulder. So I'll actually watch the show for giant chunks 
in the reflection, which helps me enormously. Wow, like, yeah. first of all, um, if I'm, I'm not, I'm lip reading less, so it helps mm -hmm. me identify cl clarity, just actual acoustic clarity. Mm -hmm. um, you see physical patterns better. Mm -hmm. It's also like watching on the monitor. Mm -hmm. oh, I can yeah. see mm -hmm. stage pictures and stuff, mm -hmm. and I don't get sucked into the story, right. which seems perversely in Congress, whatever, but it actually helps because you get sucked in sometimes and yeah. you, like a whole scene or two go by and you go, oh, oh my God, I forgot oh, to take that, notes on oh, it. Oh, happens to me all the time when I'm <laughs> supposed to be, when I'm assisting someone and like get, I get caught up in the projection and like, yeah, the projection's going really well. I was like, but you, you missed the part in the corner where it was broken because that's actually your job right now. It's like, oh, yeah, sorry. Right. Listen, did, just get a rear view mirror. You did good work. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, but it's interesting to me, too, because um, that dis speaking of that distance, I think that's really important in being able to think about the work hmm. because our brain does so much unconsciously it fills mm -hmm. in so many gaps Absolutely. and if you can force yourself to break that routine and make your brain actually see what's there right. and not what it's assuming is all there you can really get a better view of, of what you have put together and where you, where you need to go and, mm -hmm. and what kind what kind of molding to complement the story that you want to tell can can occur. Totally and absolutely. We were just we were actually just talking about that yesterday yeah. in terms of new play development oh. uh, and working with playwrights and um, you know we're working on a play right now um, and and uh, uh, I've been working with this particular playwright for uh, over over a year now uh, and Gavin uh, joined the conversation yesterday to offer some insights and it was it was. Um, uh, through conversation uh, became clear that uh, the playwright's uh, understanding of what was on the page uh, was was not what um, had been taken away uh, and through uh, through you know a, a first round kind of pass through the text um, and, and so you know we talked about uh, you know and then the play had gone you know undergone uh, qu quite a, quite a few changes recently so that that's that's fair too um, uh, but you know talking about, uh, filling in the gaps, right? Especially when you're so close to a work, mm. um, is is you know what what one thinks uh, is being communicated or, or put out there, uh, and what's actually actually registering, or, or you know, uh, I, I talk about it often as like uh, what you think you're broadcasting or transmitting, and then like the signal that's actually being picked up. Um, it, yeah, yeah. So well, watch the play. Watching, I think there's play two sides of that, whether mm. it's in a performance or or especially on the page. I think though, right? And and I think there's that version where you're convinced you know the subtext as a writer or you're sure it's really clear or you as an actor you know you're playing that so <laughs> but it's it's maybe not happening right uh, or you haven't you know how many times have we heard or you too probably heard playwrights explain a moment so you know but it's and then you actually look and it doesn't say that it's his sister totally. and she's dead totally. it just was in <laughs> her head that that was actually fact so there's that but the flip side and i think this is what we were hitting yesterday mm -hmm. is there is sometimes that which is on the page mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily what gets community it's not what i read or what i hear mm -hmm. and that can be and anything from too. cultural constructs or in this case like you start a play about 16th century nuns in a convent and they're talking about love and hidden secrets and I at some point constructed that they were lesbian love or had been lesbian lovers which was not necessarily on the page it wasn't that she was communicating that mm -hmm. but I was sort of picking it up right, right. Yeah. Um, so there's also that you could sort of the being able to read back what the right. play is saying even though right it's not yeah. saying it, as opposed, and then also the times like what they think they're saying right, and what's right. not getting said. Um, but it's really hard 
to stay naive in yeah. that, right? I get the luxury to come in now yeah, for this right. play. I get one shot yep. to be a new reader. Yep, yep. One yep. time. I, I am so, keep that. so yeah. precious about my first time mm -hmm. through a script. Mm -hmm. I mean, I want no distractions. Turn off my phone, turn my laptop off, and I just want to go through it. And I won't even take notes on anything except for um, when I have inklings of things. When I, you know, sometimes I write, like, is she pregnant? <laughs> like, oh, he's gay. Like, you know, or. I, I'm confused about mm. this so there's because like a measure yeah, of your exactly, exactly. Like, response, when was I tipped right. off about things? When was I completely just like, oh, whoa, not on the same ride? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I think those are really, <laughs> really helpful, and it's easy to kind of um, uh, forget oh, when yeah. those were happening or mm. what they even were. Yeah. Um, you know, the more you kind of dig deeper into it. So I'm really precious about that first pass through, and the only kind of notes that I'll take are my experience mm -hmm, of, mm -hmm. of going through it the first time, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. I find it, because um, <laughs> I was talking about this this morning with that playwright, yeah. that like, I, I will have a more evolved response to structure mm. on a first pass mm. and a more naive response to information. I can be misled by you know who's who and what they're doing and what they did and what somehow yeah. sort of maybe I'm just reading over that not quote or something but but structure mm -hmm. or rhythms mm -hmm. I'll pick up more and I don't know why that is but yeah that's, that's really that's really interesting because that's well, kind of the opposite of my experience I don't know it's also the <laughs> hey Mar <laughs> that's that's one of the playwrights we're working with. <laughs> I tell people that I write plays, but I'm not a playwright. Um, because, yeah. So. Gavin's That's the silent head. sound of my yeah. brain exploding. I, I try to know. What? Right? <laughs> so, like, I, I feel the need to say, because I, I do write. It's something that I, like, feel compelled to do. Like, I have to do it, but I'm not doing it in a way that, like, it's, it's necessarily getting out there. I'm putting it out for oh, submission yeah, or whatever. Yeah, okay, I mean, okay. that, that'd be great if I did, but yeah. I felt confident about it, but I don't. But um, it's just, but I do have to do that. It was my, it was the impulse toward creativity yeah. always started with me writing and then I wanted to be a filmmaker and then I wanted to be a director. And But now the way that I like maintain my sanity among all the wrench turning <laughs> and you know, like doing things that aren't directly creative in the theatrical enterprise, I go home and do something creative just to like settle my mind and um, in the process structure is one of the things that I find interesting to write the process mm -hmm. of writing structure is interesting for me because a lot of times structure and, and I feel this as, a, as an interpreter of a play as well structure is something that can be there's a there's a looseness to it because you can impose an understanding of the structure from the outside mm -hmm. like that classic example in class where like where's the climax of the play mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well somewhere in the scene things aren't different after are different afterward in such an irrevocable way that we can call this the climax but like in the moment eh, like which moment that's a matter for discussion and all of that and I don't when I'm writing I like completely fail to find the beats initially like mm. I have to come back over and over and over it and come at it as a reader mm. to find the structure in it so that if I were cold reading it I would finally be able to mm -hmm. like have the distance to see like oh that that beat doesn't fall short or that piece of information wasn't there soon enough and, and, and how that all mm -hmm. works so it's and because it's structure <laughs> something that i respond to as well kind of like reverse engineering yeah it's basically <laughs> what it is like, it makes sense i don't know i mean it, uh, hard for me to imagine that being that would be remarkably deft 
to activate both, as if it's a binary, but sort mm -hmm. of both parts of your brain to sort of initially dredge up to follow the imaginative path of these characters and discussions and conflicts and what, you know, let them lead you where you're going while you're also sort of simultaneously monitoring right. that. It seems like you'd want to do a process as you're doing or make sense. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I never put any conscious thought into it. It's just like the, the critical sciences, the critical faculty was the first thing that I developed yeah. as well, yeah. it, like academically, like I have real like tools mm -hmm. to, to analyze a play or, a, or a, piece of, a piece of work. So like, I really like being able to grab that distance. It doesn't happen in the moment of the, right. in the first rush, but mm -hmm. like in order, to, in order for me to make something work later, I definitely have to like, bring that analytical. But then it makes sense that you're, that you're almost consciously having to kind of turn that off or hold mm -hmm. that at bay oh, yeah. first so it's not getting in there. Did you ever do improv? I have not. I probably should because turning that off mm -hmm. is hard. Yeah. Just like letting it yourself like I know it's bad or I don't know if it's bad or whatever. Don't worry about whether it's good or not. Mm -hmm. Just go, 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 But go, I would go. wonder for you whether improv yeah, no, manages good. to marry some of that. Yeah. That you're like, like not just sketch or whatever, but actual improv, improv. Yeah. Where you're trying to well, shape because the scene. There's, there's this like hidden structure to yes. it. Like, mm -hmm. And following structure yeah. while you're in the creative yeah, moment, exactly. whether that would fuse yeah. it. But I think we have the ultimate venue for you to do this. There's this muscle. It's Cat's sort of pet project, whatever you should tell him. Like, right, right now. <laughs> that you sounds have, amazing. You have you it? seen this on Twitter at all? Uh, no. Hashtag Maybe. right, right now. That's W R I G H T R I G H T now. Um, it, it's this, it's it's this really cool artistic initiative uh, at, uh, that we have at Center Stage that puts uh, playwright uh, in direct uh, uh, response to. Uh, the public, whether that's our oh. patrons or passers-by or people who have gathered to see a lecture or a piece of art or whatever. Um, so we, we set up a little table um, and either a typewriter or a computer or notepad, whatever, depending on, on the event, um, and just invite people with a little sign that says right right now and explains a little bit of uh, what it's about uh, in a word or two um, to just talk with a playwright for a bit mm. um, and it, it you know it can be about anything sometimes um, the playwright comes with a question something that they're really interested in or sometimes it's just you know how's your day or sometimes the the, the you know the person who's talking to the playwright is like oh, I'm really really into um, Zimbabwe right now like you know whatever yeah, yeah. Um, but the idea is that based on this conversation this short interaction um, a new play is born, um, and it's fresh and custom made to order. Uh, and when we do it um, before an event, you know, it's in our lobby, and the playwright sets up shop about 30 minutes before curtain and gets as many commissions as they feel comfortable with and then has that amount of time to write. Whoa. Yeah, so it goes off yep. and writes, uh, you know, during the performance, uh, and then we print, uh, and people pick up at the end of the show. So you get two plays... For the price of one, um, and then when you know we go out, then we go out too to the burger truck. I actually I had chow to schedule. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, chow yeah, 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 yeah. So that's why it's Thursday, that's, folks. Chow yeah, Thursday around center stage. Um, yeah, that's so that's why we had to schedule for this particular time because I was out there with a playwright. Um, and yeah, as people are waiting for their order um, and, and creating their burger, mind you. So kind of similar to the toast bar thing where you're like being creative and picking what you want to to snack on um, while people are waiting because 
since Chow Hound is so brilliantly uh, popular yeah. um, that people there is quite quite a wait yeah. um, either to put in your order or to get your actual burger uh, and people just talk with the playwright and we get their emails and you know we, we tweet about it and all of that uh, and we're hoping uh, you know at the end uh, of, of the month or in, in July hopefully to have a night of reading these things oh cool um, yeah. so samples so samples so right, select yeah. selections, right selections yeah. of right lot. right now and then invite yes there are a lot to invite everybody who's commissioned one to come and, and hear some of these plays read yeah. so they took up a page to three pages a page and it's to just, three pages and the yeah. thing the thing that connected for me is like it's really to just exercise that immediate muscle mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. automatic readiness. just get a prompt go yeah, just yeah. right. Don't it's pick kind your of, fingers It's kind of out. like a Bake Off, just, you know, yeah. a Paula Vogel Bake Off. It's like the tw- oh, yeah. but, but but even more truncated, you know, rather than twenty four or forty eight hours, right. it's an hour yeah. or whatever. That's, and some of the writers, uh, it depends on who they are. Some of them will take a prompt and immediately write that play, yep. while people are chatting, but <laughs> giving them the next. And some will take five or six prompts and then go right. right. But it's, so it's a little bit of the the Watch Me Work, Susan Laurie Parks oh, yeah, I, yeah. as well. Totally. Mm-hmm. It's a combination, I mean, it's not, I don't think we claim that it's a wholly original, but the fusion is yeah. is particular. Uh, the only thing that we haven't solved, so I'm gonna put this out there in case anyone has an idea. Mm. You're welcome to steal this. It's like open sourced, whatever, yeah. help yourselves, <laughs> give credit if you want. But the thing that we have not solved that I would love feedback on is how to get the performance of this. A lot of these oh, people yeah. say, well, you know, this is great, you mm-hmm. just wrote me a play. Like I remember for a birthday a long time ago, a composer friend wrote me a wind quintet or quartet. And I've never heard it because I don't know how to get together a four wind players. But so these people are like, well, I have this wonderful play. How do I hear this play? Yeah. Yeah. So we have not solved that, but I have a name for that. I'm so proud of it. I'm going to brag it on on the podcast or whatever. This was uh, thanks in part to the guys at Straw Dog. So if we could do it where the play got written and then, like, let's say you'd meet with the cast after in the mm-hmm. bar and they would read these plays out loud, it'd be right now, play later. Oh, nice. <laughs> so like, But we haven't oh, figured out the play that. later <laughs> part, whatever. But anyway, this That's is, so but cool. I think, I think Aaron, it would be cool. Yeah, you could do that. I would love to and it would be a place that. to just tap into that immediately. Yeah, We'd yeah, love to have you in our yeah, stable cool. of people. It's, we've, we've, had, we've had everything from staff members mm-hmm. who have had a sort of secret ember of desire maybe to try playwriting but haven't ventured into it to more established locals mm-hmm. who generously mm-hmm. give their time whatever mm-hmm. for this it's an amazing mm-hmm. range we've done it we've been uh, host now occasionally for creative mornings mm-hmm. baltimore oh. which is awesome mm-hmm. if you haven't checked it out they're really great so we now set up the right right now in front of that so people get and awesome. just yeah. stimulating yeah it's very cool um again part of this like Right, sort of shaping your experience. So before you come in to see the play, you've just gone through that process yeah, of creating uh, a brand and, new play. And, and, and the playwrights too have such a range. You know. Oh my god! It, I mean, it's so oh cool. Uh, you know, with the with the with <laughs> oh the people god. who are commissioning bring to it is one thing. I mean, and that can be such a range. People can be really super specific and have like this very fully fleshed out <laughs> idea to just like I don't even know. I don't know how to be creative. And it's like yes, you do. You just have a conversation and the work of creating the actual thing is up it's one of them even that he was so reluctant or he kept looking to his wife i guess and they sort of had this experience i don't know have any you have all the good ideas that itself became (laughs) the play i think part of the play for the people was sort of the the attempt of the patrons to come up with the play from (laughs) as part of it all the way through to yeah the 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 kids i think tend to have really they're they're crazy fun plays right Mm -hmm. totally i mean musicals to like you know one woman whatever extravagant to 
like you know a, a whole chorus, an angelic chorus. Like some of them just, are all stage directions. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're they're, they're so and and you know the playwrights um, sometimes have a cap, sometimes you know uh, take as many. Um, and then you know the, the the approach too, right? As Gavin's saying, some people just want to you know kind of just get it out there. Um, and then you know we had one person, uh, Alvin Ang, uh, combine all of them. So yeah, you know, that's right. yeah. So he wrote one larger piece that was based on that odd that commissioning <laughs> audiences um, prompts. It's it's just really cool to see you know uh, to provide this frame. Uh, and you know me being on the ground just to kind of help with logistics and to kind of um, pimp our writers out. Yeah, wrangle, wrangle is a better word. Wrangle. wrangle is a better word. To be there as a cheerleader and also, yeah, uh, to, you know, to be there as a cheerleader and, and, and also, you know, uh, kind of troubleshoot or whatever. Um, but to provide this framework and allow both the playwright and the public to be creative and, and you know, and I think one of the things that's that's really important um, is that it gives people. Uh, access to the commissioning <coughs> process, mm -hmm. right? Um, what What is a new play? What does that look like, right? Even the yeah. people who are like super specific, like I want to play about monkeys who shoot lasers out of their eyes and kill somebody named Tabitha on the 4th of July uh, in outer space. It's like, whoa, that's, that's, that's a lot. Um, Sometimes a playwright will latch onto one word of that, mm -hmm. or whatever, be inspired, you know, like whatever. And that that's true to commissioning too. Like mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, you say, "Hey, we want this," and you get something else. Uh, it's 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 all true. But you, you know, know what's amazing? Like I'm surprised how often in conversations with regional theater mm -hmm. audiences, they don't know what a commission. Absolutely, is. but that's what that's what that's part of. And you that's know, that's fun yeah. for this. Part of the just thing that's so cool. A new place that can yeah. start with this way. See you how you give some info, and uh -huh. someone writes it for you. Yeah. 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 Even that, I mean, it's not the main point. But no, no, no. I, 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 that's amazing. one of the things that I didn't ex expect, but one of the things that has proven the most exciting to me about, yeah. about that um, is to hear people say, you know, and I always find it really fascinating because a, a little bit people watch too, is the people who are not too sure are like, I don't know, I don't think so, I can't, who will just ask a question of the playwright. So what, it, what do you actually do? You know, what is a playwright? Um, and so often, those little like curiosity killed the cat questions turn into a full blown commission. <laughs> uh, and it's it's just really it's really kind of heartwarming yeah. um, to see people ease into and then fully embrace and get very excited about this thing. And we've had patrons call the box office um, and say, "Is right right now happening?" You know, or oh, I, I, no, it has to be this performance because I saw on your website that right right now is happening. Um, you know, not that everyone does that, and we do have some people that are you know uh, that do it once and, and you know then they're good, or, or or we have people who come back, you know, who are hungry for it. But it's just it's just really interesting and exciting, I think, to put it out there and to but see how also, it spins right, there's out. Writers mm -hmm. for whom it's a welcome opportunity, mm -hmm. they tell us. To exercise that muscle yeah. of spontaneity, yeah. who are yeah, maybe exactly. structure bound, yeah. or whatever, or who want a storyboard and plan out, and <laughs> yeah. this yeah. forces them. They just, yeah. they, most of them express enormous gratitude. Yep. There are also some uh, we've had who are more reclusive uh, and who uh, appreciate being forced to interact with the public, mm -hmm. extremely yeah. uh, uncomfortable maybe at first, mm -hmm. but who welcome that mm -hmm. as part of part of it. So. There's a lot of give and take, I yeah. think, in all the directions. Um, ultimately, I think the the most exciting for me are the times when 
the audience gets a glimpse of the person actually doing some of the writing mm-hmm. there too, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as well as the glimpses. Because yeah. there's something just it, whatever it's free to be whichever. But there's something so tremendous when they mm-hmm. come up in there. I, mean, I still remember the very first one. He was like actually pecking away on a typewriter. <laughs> and so you know, there's my old-fashioned conservatives or whatever. But there was something so wonderful and and, and active about that. Like, yeah, here it is, yeah. like like with the hammer and the chisel, yeah, and here's yeah. your play coming now. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been good. Awesome. So check it out. (laughs) (laughs) And you can also, you know, you can you can go on Twitter and look at that hashtag. Yeah, the hashtag right right now, um, and and see you know where we've been and who 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 has been writing, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and sometimes you know little snippets of what it actually was. Maybe something we should think about is um, making them available. I don't know if there was like a release from the writers or something. What do we get? There was one that was made available. Uh, City Paper, yeah. So there was this guy from City Paper who who, who just, yeah, who commissioned one. He was like, he was getting lunch. (laughs) He was on his lunch break and he was getting something from the burger truck. Yeah. And he was like, this is a playwright. This is so cool. And he commissioned a play. I think it was, um, uh, SB who did it. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, he was like, do you mind? Like, can I write an art? No, maybe it was Gwydion. I don't remember. It was somebody. It was somebody. It was a local play- <laughs> playwright. Um, and so he commissioned a play, and then he wrote a little article about it in City Paper, and he included, uh, with the writer's permission, he included the play. Um, so kind of so cool. Yeah, cool maybe we could, could put, put some it on the website yeah. or something yeah, just absolutely. to see so other people got access to them. It would be kind of cool. Oh, my so Sort of Chuck Me style. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, did put them out there. Were you at Humana Festival? This year? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you saw that Chuck Me I did. I, I experienced I it. I heard about Experiences it. Experiences is the right <laughs> way. Right. Saw is not right. Experienced is Experienced correct. It. As yeah. did you. I did. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No so. No words. <laughs> it's, it's so, um, how do I put this? There's so much structural, I'm going to go back to that again, but there's so much, structural is the wrong word, deeply philosophical thought putting in, put into the repetition and to the framing of it that I really appreciated. Even if there were parts that I was just like, wow, that's crazy. I have no idea where this is gonna go with the rest of the piece or whatever is happening, but but the repetition was great. Like going to the quotes and who said what, and then going into an enactment of a different idea that was, and I don't know anything about that philosopher, uh, Merton. Oh, he's so cool. <laughs> well, the, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I don't mean to take it over, but this- No, no, the absolutely. Of, the, 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 the application of musical structure. Mm. I kept thinking of like theme and variations, mm. right? That the sort of That's a great that we point. were we were introduced in that overture of a toast, right? Well, yes. here's to Merton mm-hmm. the Christian. Here's to Merton the Buddhist. Buddhist. Here's to Merton the communist. Here's to right. There's sort of this argument that then degenerated, and then that was sort of elements of that unpacked mm-hmm. uh, in different ways and seemed to play through. And I don't know, it was jazz riffs or a baroque or something. Who knows what? But a kind of theme and variations thing. So the yeah. very end repetition in the the kind of uh, Anne Bogart's uh, viewpoints way, physical repetition mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and thematic repetition, absolutely. So it was highly structural, but then it was also completely structured. It was the most mm. batshit crazy, yes. to qu- and I quote <laughs> the director, <laughs> um, but kind of structureless internally. It, yeah. was a, it was a weird juxtaposition yeah, yeah. in a way that I think it was self-consciously invited through yes, this Zen, absolutely. like just yo, I dare you to, to sit here and just be able to appreciate nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or why do you need structure? Or mm-hmm. who, who's to say? You know, I don't know. It was, it was yeah. It, yeah. I desperately on. love the beginning and the ending uh, where Les is just there. 
the, at the beginning, he's not facing the audience. He sits down at a desk and faces the door that will eventually open for the party. On the huge set under Pamela Brown, like covers the the width of the of the mm-hmm. of the PB, um, which is not a small stage. It's like enormous. Uh, not a lot of depth, but completely across the whole stage. So when the full dance numbers and the full fight <laughs> scenes happen, it's like, how did you even have time during Humana Festival to rehearse a fight sequence that complex? Because yeah. every chainsaws and broadswords <laughs> and nudity and crazy, it was yeah. absolutely visual cacophony. Sounds yeah. like a party. Yeah, <laughs> it was. That's, it was literally a party. Right? So yeah, yeah. So the beginning well, facing upstage, and at and the then, end he faces the audience. And and we're talking. I can't like. You, it's a silence where you lose track of time. You have no, I have no idea how long he was like that. It could have been a minute. I feel like it was longer than a minute. It was well over a minute. Yeah, um, but it's, he had total control over himself. He did not m- move in any way that was unintentional and it looked like there wasn't any movement at all. And it was the audience, like, the audience awareness of itself collapsing on itself like you've been, just been distracted, but there's been ideas, but now you can't run from the ideas. Mm-hmm. It's just you, and I'm looking at you, and whatever you're remembering about what you just saw. And the beginning is brilliant because it takes forever for the audience to come to grips with that there is nothing. <laughs> like it's just be here, just inviting you mm-hmm. to be in the moment and only in the moment, and not know and not care that you don't know, mm-hmm. and like. This is the ride. This is what the ride's gonna be like, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're not gonna know, and it's just gonna be. And it's amazing how long it takes mm-hmm. for the audience to like. That you and you just see the ripples, and you hear them especially. Like, mm. like people are just moving around, and then you hear people like hearing that they're moving around and stifling themselves, <sighs> and then finally it settles, and then it goes on for a lot longer, yeah. so the settling can stay there. And that I absolutely adored that part of the play. Two shows for the price of one. Oh, man. It was, yeah, an experience for sure. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And it, I mean, ultimately informative because even wh- however much you've heard of Merton, this is probably mm-hmm. more than most of yeah. us. Yeah. Or however little you yeah. heard of him, whatever. But and um, the the theatrical invention and the kind of trust in each other and and, and the trust of the audience to just go. It didn't. It kind of didn't mind. Not making any sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, which in is a fascinating. Very provocative way. Yeah. I mean, as someone who didn't see it, what, something that's been really kind of fascinating to me is to, is hearing people trying to recount or recreate yeah, yeah, yeah. the experience. Yeah. yeah. Every time that uh, that it comes up in conversation, there has to be some kind of oh, you didn't see it. How do I explain? <laughs> how do yeah. I? Yeah. How do I go how about yeah. kind of like? Yeah communicating to you what I felt. Not just what I saw, but like what right. I was. Right. Um, or well, it's like through. a giant Where's Waldo. I mean, there was yeah. too much, most of the time yeah. there's way oh, too yeah. much going on. Like, I'm not sure I was taking it in. Certainly to recount or you're like, you know, reading left to right. What do I do? How do I say, you know, and mm-hmm. then, and then, and connections between. But also I think really, Aaron, kind of what you were talking about before is like our brains go to story mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, oh, I'm going to tell you how to play. Mm-hmm. What happened? Mm-hmm. Well, there's sort of yeah. not there. There's no there there yeah. thing. So then, yeah. what do I yeah. do? Is my just telling you a feeling yeah. or a sense of visual explosion? And everybody has such a different, or? you know, way of relaying <laughs> what <laughs> yeah. that experience was. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of guys. A lot of guys. It's a lot of guys. Yeah, Sounds like, like, full of guys. like my kind of play. It was every <laughs> male apprentice. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> There's the 
the explicit box right there. Whee! We'll just turn that one down. No, uh, no, 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 no. That's not what I meant. It wasn't. Seriously, though, like, uh, tw- uh, was it 18? Wow. Men on stage? Uh, I think that's right. It was every male apprentice, which was at least nine, and then uh, a bunch more to match. Mm. I want to say it was 18, but it's it's a, it's well, more than a dozen. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like seriously, so full. The stage is so full of people. Yeah. Were they, were they? Like short of Shakespeare, <clears throat> I've never seen like a crowd scene, sort of some kind of crowd scene like that, or a musical full cast number. Mm. I've never seen that many people on stage in a straight play before. Mm. It's certainly not in that shallow. It's not deep, like maybe in that, in that maybe fifteen deep and like mm-hmm. sixty-five, seventy wide, and yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and stuff. I mean, just, just I mean, it's sort of constantly filled with things yeah. you would never. I mean, in, yeah. in a beautiful Les slash Chuck <laughs> me kind yeah. of way well, of thing, images you just have never. I mean, just that lineup of of everyone in their lazy boys <laughs> well, it's, sipping it sounds, drinks. It sounds like it was super impactful. I mean, yeah. you know, try, wrestling with what that experience was or how do I communicate it, it's kind of, it sounds, I mean, again, having not seen it, yeah. sounds like it was effective in that, you know, this kind of Merton as this philosopher and, and, and person that was putting thought forward to ponder um, that the show kind of accomplished that too. It's like, you know, how, how, I don't know. No, I I, I agree because of the, the the projections at the end are that. The, the no, I, feel, I, I wonder. I guess maybe for me, it successfully introduced kind of bullet points mm. of his biography, mm-hmm. identity, worldview, character, or something. Mm-hmm. So you sort of access that, mm-hmm. or ways in which people negotiate what and the. The way people are a little threatened by his multiplicity, yeah. let's yeah. say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, did that. Mm-hmm. And then it was theatrically incredibly inventive. I don't know that for me it came off activating in the theatrical invention manifestations of the kind of with the thematic qualities mm-hmm. of Mer- like it didn't yeah. get me to think about no. I think what Merton no but thought the, about but the, the, but it that didn't it, match it, those no, not not yeah, not not, not that that you know this in this in the way that Merton put forward you know philosophical things to ponder this theatrical event put forward uh, you know experiences or modes of theatricality to ponder Perhaps is that fair? Again, having not yeah, seen it, right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I would not immediately say yes mm, to mm-hmm. that. Hmm. It's a fair, and I, I also think your mileage may vary. Uh, yes, for those for who sure. Thought. I yes. think I. I would certainly not definitively say no way mm-hmm. for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but more, I mean, my hesitation would be more like the the parallelism in mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. If you drew it big enough, like certainly mm-hmm. it. We had to think about things or mm-hmm. make sense of something, and yeah, I suppose at some broad enough mm-hmm. level that is. But but it's just partly what we're talking about. It's so exciting. It's so great that there are institutions and uh, structures like Humanifestival that can take enormous mm-hmm. risks. I mean, it's a extravagant swing for the fences. I don't know what other life that piece has. Probably, I mean, universities could do it. Like mm, it's sort of yeah. there are places where it could be exciting, and mm-hmm. people need work of scale. But that kind of big set of questions oh, what can a piece do and yeah. how do, can we relate that sort of how do we relate to an audience in those ways of 
making them incredibly uncomfortable with their discomfort, mm-hmm. <laughs> beginning and end, and in the middle, not giving them really anything to latch onto <laughs> other than some images. And yeah, yeah. It's and, exciting. And Human Festival is exciting. The, 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 the physical stages at, at, at um, Actors Theater, I find, are very particularly suited to that. And maybe maybe it's because, well, maybe it's because that's how Humana Festival forces them to be used, but the Bingham, for example, is this square, steep-sided space that is the playing space is absolutely tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, and the it forces you to make radical decisions about how you need to put the bodies in space, like who needs to be on stage when and what they need to be doing. Like, you have to make drastic decisions on that stage if you especially if you get more than three people on it mm. which is fascinating because they cram really big shows like the apprentice show uh was on there and they do dracula in that space <laughs> so hmm. it gets really interesting there i mean i worked i worked there for a year so mm-hmm. like i was like behind the scenes mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. also i one of the things that was so interesting about being an audience member and being shepherded through the process of being an audience members I, I don't know these parts of this theater. Mm. I don't know these corridors. Mm. I can tell you how to get to the grid, mm. and yeah. I can tell you how to get to the booth, and I can tell you when, when the stage manager was calling places. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but this part where I'm sitting down and I have that play, yeah, this man. is weird. Yeah. Uh-huh. Different experience. Well, I agree. Sort of in, in light of where we began our conversation, or towards the beginning anyway, mm-hmm. uh, those three spaces extravagantly and in wonderful ways have engaged very different, radical different relationships of the bodies of the audience or mm. of the yeah. audience to the space. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yes. That is I mean, by scale, by the nature of how you come into the space, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The, the, the tiny space where they say, you know, you pee now because yep. you, yeah. you will not be yep. readmitted yeah. and, and you're cl- crammed knee to knee, yeah. shoulder yeah. to shoulder. Like, that's just a different relationship yeah. from a big, spacious, kind of more traditional proscenium mm-hmm. space and how shows Mm-hmm. relate to audiences in each of those mm-hmm. and they always find different ways yeah I think that's kind of great that that that's part of that engagement with audience or whatever the audience's engagement with the fact of being there mm-hmm. is always being negotiated one way or another and I, I grew up going to arena in DC oh yeah um, mm-hmm. so I'm a big fan of the the arena style space mm-hmm. the in the mm-hmm. round theater and that's always just the fact of an audience Literally watching itself <laughs> across the space so and the self-conscious, like yeah, and, yeah. oh god, I you know I dread when I'm seated in those first three rows <laughs> and I know that every eyebrow flicker and leg cross <laughs> is going to be read into <laughs> and it just it's excruciating, but it's you know you're part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you pull out of the stage picture. Wait, okay, I know we're like out of time and stuff, but I just have to ask you because yes, I want to be a absolutely. podcast with yes. them. Let's do well, it. You know, yeah, you know where I'm going. Yes, with this. I do. How is Troll Two? Because you amazing. watched it. <laughs> It's <laughs> I'm like, trying to get Gavin to watch it. Hang on, I want to hear what he had to it's say. It's so <laughs> like get me off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, it's, it, it is a bad movie, but it swings for the fences in mm-hmm. a way. Like the room has—I don't think whatever time it was Oso says about the room. The room is not intentionally bad. It's just—it's just unconsciously awful. Yeah, and you, you can laugh at it and the weirdness of it as a separate thing. But the troll two is bad in a way that is so earnest. Yeah, man. Especially the queen who followed me. Oh my god! Oh <gasps> no! Troll two queen. Oh my god! Troll two queen. How do I? How do I? Oh yes! Right now this is happening. <laughs> she gives the and like everybody else is just basically amateurs. And she, I don't think she's ever done. She hasn't done her IMDb page is completely empty. But everybody <laughs> else is like 
trying to act, and she is not conscious of the acting. Like she's just living huge, <laughs> yes. huge, and she delivers lines like, "What about? Think about the cholesterol." Yes, and in a way, you're, <laughs> oh my god, it Deborah is so W-T-F. funny, Follow me. so funny. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed. It's so funny. It is. It, Probably it's definitely unintentionally funny. It's not trying to be funny, but it's it's sincerity in being what it is makes it. A, a tr- it was a really enjoyable. It's, deli- to it's get delightful. Through. Yeah, it's delightful. It yeah. makes me smile. Yeah. Not not only does it make me laugh my butt off, <laughs> it makes me smile because they're so earnest. You're yeah, right. They're, they're, they're yeah. just trying they're so just hard. So sincere. Oh my god, it's so good. Have you seen Best Worst? Movie I haven't. Ever? Yeah, I haven't. Which is the documentary yeah, about it? Okay, it's super great. That, yeah. You have to. Yes, definitely. Oh, and then the third, the third podcast oh, that we do, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll I'll feature in some way wherever, the documentary. Wherever you end up, well, I'll make a road trip there, and uh, it'll Sounds happen. Sounds good. So. <laughs> well, yeah, thanks, guys, um, for the, especially for the impromptu. Uh, yeah, voice. I absolutely loved our conversation. Um, really awesome conversation, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Uh, this this um, so this is the this is the when everybody gets to. Uh, plug whatever they need to plug. This will go up June 18th, which awesome. is a little bit off our regular schedule. Not the, the, Our listeners won't know that because it won't be posted until then, <laughs> but you'll know that. So if they're in, keeping that in mind with when it's going to go up, if there is anything you want to plug about Center State or your own work or whatever. I would like to plug, since we talked about the Play Lab and developmental work here, that we have a Play Lab on the 29th of June. Okay. Uh, so about 10 days after this comes out. Yep. Uh, Carrie Perloff, the artistic director of ACT in San Francisco, who's also a playwright, is going to be here working oh. on a new piece, Waiting for the Flood. We'll have been in uh, wonderful New York new play director, Daniela Topol, will be here. So seven women exploring across time and space and legacy and lineage. Uh, anyone's welcome to come that Monday night. Uh, there'll be a toast bar. Yeah, come hungry oh, for toast. Yeah. And a reading. <laughs> All right. So, and, you Excellent. know, RSVP to the Center Stage website, I guess. www.centerstage.org. Yeah. www. www. <laughs> www. But you do have to do the Ws. Yeah, you do. Don't go, to, don't go to centerstage.org because it'll say, like, bad request, tomed oh. out. It's really annoying. Um, <laughs> I would love to plug the Dramaturgy Open Office Hours oh, Project. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> which we touched on we a little did, bit yeah. last time, too. But it's... Uh, uh, myself acting as host and a special guest dramaturg uh, who make ourselves available openly for three hours at a coffee shop with drinks um, during happy hour uh, for conversation. So anybody from the passerby to the uh, early or mid or established career, whatever, uh, is welcome to join and just, you know, talk, get to know each other. Uh, uh, so I have the dates here. Um uh, June 17th is one, but but will be after that, right, in the release. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one will be June 24th with uh, dramaturg Annalisa Diaz uh, in D.C. at Redline at 707 uh, G Street, Northwest. Uh, and then on July 1st, I'll be with Gavin uh, in D.C., uh, making our Baltimore selves available to oh. the, the clamoring DC public. <laughs> also at Redline um, from 4 to 7. Uh, and then the last one is July 8th in Baltimore at Doobie's Coffee, um, 802 North Charles Street. And that's with LaRonica Thomas, who is um, 
one of our reps for LMDA in this region. And do you want to just credit where yeah. credit is due that this you oh, are a yeah. franchisee of an idea originally developed, Franchisee of uh, Jeremy Stoller started the project in New York. Uh, I subs- uh, subsequently joined, uh, made it available in Baltimore and DC, and we also tweet the conversations with hashtag open dramaturgy. Um, and I'm also delighted to say this time around um, that last time it was it was volunteer, so it was very much in the spirit of giving of ourselves and our time um, for three hours, uh, whether 20 or no one showed up. Uh, and this time around, um, thanks to a generous uh, dramaturg-driven grant from Literary Managers and Dramaturgs of the Americas, that's LMDA, uh, I'm able to compensate our participating awesome. artists. Uh, so the special guests um, get a, a very small token <laughs> Free of, <drink>. yeah, <laughs> of, of appreciation for their for their time yeah. and their expertise. Um, so hopefully, uh, if you're around, uh, you're you know welcome to join us in person or online, hashtag Open Dramaturgy, Wednesdays mm-hmm. 4 to 7 p.m. until July 8th. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. And right, right now, right, right now happens. And you can check the Center Stage website um, for more deets. All right. Yeah, and that'll all be in the show notes, too, so. Totes. Oh, magic. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Aaron.